are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with Barry Dale. And we are once again at The Raven in surprisingly sunny Glasgow. Yeah. After what was a horrendous morning. I know. I got drenched this morning, did you? I did. You did, yeah. Luckily enough, I was just headed to bed, so it didn't matter. You know, right? But yeah, well, I had to sit at work completely drenched, so it was nice. Um, but it's now nice and sunny and lovely, so we're very happy. Summer um, is not finished yet. Summer is still going. It's hanging on, but it's like it's fingernails. It will, it will continue on. Um, like I said, we're at the Raven. If you want to come in for a drink, come in for a drink, Raven, because it's always lovely. And again, busy as hell. Yeah, yeah. Another, well, would this be pay weekend for people before? I'm thinking more Britney's playing in Glasgow tonight. Uh, so everyone's came to the Raven to hide from it. I think they were going to, go to, going to go to Britney after it. This audience does look like. <laughs> <laughs> well, what the guy said with a rise against you, I can't imagine he's going to a Britney gig, you know. Never know. Never know. It's Never an know. interesting mix. Um, I, might, I might mix it up in November and wear a Britney t shirt to the Slayer concert. That would totally go down well in the Slayer concert. Um, <laughs> but you're not drinking tonight? Nope. Nope. Um, I am drinking because I committed to this cause. Um, Only so because I may be driving socially after this. Okay. So. That makes sense then. Well yeah. done. Yes. Sensible. Uh, sensible. Yes. Law abiding. Yes. Um, so I was drinking indie pale ale from Brewdog, which we had a few weeks ago and I didn't like that much, but I tried it again and very nice. Ooh. So I think that was something up with the lines. Okay. okay. Like last time I tried it, because it was very kind of sour and off almost felt taste. It didn't really taste that good. Right. This time round, very nice. Yeah, so yeah. it's proof try things again. Something yeah. sometimes you get surprised. Uh, but now I've moved on to St. Mungo's yes. from West Brewery, who are taking roughly 10% of every one of my paycheck for the next six months. Uh, as a good beer. As a good beer, but yeah, but the good people West are taking all my money. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, taking all my money. So we're having that it's now. Um, we'll start with the, the non-cinema viewings. So I've only watched one thing at home outside movies, mm-hmm. um, and that was Disenchantment. Yes. The new... Mac, is it graining or groaning? Graining? I say groaning, but I think it's graining for some reason. But uh, yeah, anyway, the guy who's done The Simpsons and Futurama, yes, man who's got more money than God. His new show it's called Disenchantment. It's um, it's on Netflix. It's a yes. Netflix original for the first ten episodes dropped this week, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's basically it's about a guy who a girl, sorry, who is in sort of medieval times. Yeah, she's a princess. Princess, about to get married, doesn't want to get married, wants to live her own life, yeah. uh, and essentially trying to avoid getting married. Yeah. That's basically the story, isn't it? Yeah, and trying not to go with what they expected of her by her family. Exactly. And fight against that in some way, and fight against the norms of that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of it? Um, I think we can agree that we've pretty much watched roughly about the same, which is like two, three episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so early on, early opinions really we're looking at this now. Early opinions of it is, first episode is not good, but find me a TV show or an animation where the first episode grabs you. It's one of those ones you have to sit with it. Yeah, I mean, a great opening pilot is a tough thing to manage. Yeah, yeah. especially in the animation world. Yeah. Because uh, really it's just setting the scene for totally, everything yeah. to follow. It's basically, it, it put the rules down, put all that kind of stuff down. Uh, I like it. It's animation style as Futurama, so if you've ever very, seen... Very simple Futurama, yeah. It's, so, it's in that look. Yeah, it's, he's got his style and he knows it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll, visually, I like the world they've created. I think it's quite an interesting world. I like it as well. There's a lot of weird kind of random in jokes in it. You can see in the background. There's a lot of information that you can see, like sort of like just sort of about other shows you've been on. Yeah. 
and obviously again Simpsons does it really well Futurama does it well which does like sort of shop names and stuff like that are really yeah. clever and really well done you're like, that's really smart so yeah I like the world he's created it's, yeah. it seems like he's definitely invested in that world yes it's it's not been a half half an idea just because Netflix has found money at them no, no 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 I feel this is something that he's had sitting on his shelf and it's just been it's maybe been pimped out to a few places and a few folk have knocked it back but Netflix have came along and it's found a home because it feels a very developed world and a very thought out world it doesn't seem like it's been rushed in any way no definitely not no, no, no. I agree um, I like it like I said it's like first episode eh, it's laying down the law second episode it has picked up it's it's jokes and yep. you, you know you've got a bit of familiarity to it third episode how much keeps on going from the third ep- eh, sorry from the second episode so I can only imagine by the tenth episode it's still it's found its feet at that point yeah, and yeah. It's doing. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like it it's really it's really funny I don't know if this was a nod or not but I did like the what I thought was a nod to like Monty Python when the fella gets stabbed in the head on the throne yeah and I'm, then, I'm still alive I'm still alive yeah. I'm not dead yet yeah, yeah. I, I like that as like a, it felt like a Monty Python thing yeah you know? no definitely I mean it's got a lot of Monty Python it's a lot of like just that general sort of like taking the piss out of like sort of um, sword and sandals kind of shows and, like, yes. and that kind of um, like Dungeons and Dragons kind of world it's sort of it's taking a rip out of that a little bit but it's done it enough respect it's, it's funny and it's not being mean one of the one of the first things that really got me made me chuckle was uh, when they were trying to hang the elf for not being uh, happy oh the gumdrop tree yes yeah, yeah. and then they, were, then they were standing there going we really need to stop hanging for because the last guy we hung died of old age because they're too late to hang yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like yes yeah it, you're, it's got really funny clever humour it's, yeah. it's in there um Basically, I think, I mean, I know Archer's not a Netflix original, but it's on Netflix a lot as well. It's not on a par with that, no. or on a par with Bojack. I think Bojack's better. It, Bojack's different. Yeah, Bojack's different Bojack, Bojack is like an adult show. Yeah. It's the same way Archer as well. It's a very much an adult show, whereas I'd feel comfortable letting my young nieces watch this. Arr, I wouldn't. No? I think, there's, I think from what I've read, there's stuff later on you might find oh, it's a bit okay. more adult. The okay. problem, I think this is the criticism I read about it online, which I tend not to read criticism online because I don't think it's fair. Yes. I'll make more opinion upon it, but people said one of the biggest problems this show has got early on is that there isn't regulation on Netflix really to a point. Yes. Whereas on Fox, they're told like, you can't do this, you can't do that, so you've got to find a way to be clever to get around that. But if he wants to say, I want to fuck a goat, rather than being clever about it you say what the fuck I go and that's it yeah. and it's maybe it's less clever than yes. what and, and it's a bit more cruel than it should be yeah. because it can do that you know because that can be an issue I've not seen that yet so I'm not saying that's definitely my, my opinion on it but I've read, I've read some reviews from people who I kind of respect what they say about film and TV okay. and they've kind of pushed that idea that it maybe needs a bit more it needs uh, not quite censorship but it needs to maybe the reins pull a little bit you know to give a go like, you need to you can't do that but find a way to do it funny it, yeah, it, you have to tell, like, you have to say, like, a cast thing, but in a smarter way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, the way kind of, like, Archer does it when, um, like, when someone says one thing, but then it cuts to, like, almost a completely different scene and a different yes. character, and then they finish the sentence. Oh. But it's not rude, but it's leading you to see yes. To think that it's the way the Simpsons can do it when it's taking the piss out of Fox itself or taking the American politics, it's not doing it overtly to the point you go, like, that's obvious. Not new Simpsons, but early, like, sort of first 10 seasons Simpsons. Yes. It was clever enough to do it, you know, just 
undercurrent of doing it and it came very, very funny because of that. Yeah, yeah. So these two maybe learn a bit of that, maybe a be a bit more. Mm. Not quite as, don't call a spade a spade. Yes. Trying a little something more about it. Yeah. But overall, I've, I've, I've watched a few episodes, but I'm enjoying it. It's fun. It's only 25 minutes, 30 minutes an episode. Yeah, so yeah, it's quite pretty punchy it doesn't punchy. hang about it doesn't hang about so it's, it's a good week it's going to be a fun watch and I, I will definitely finish the season off I'm not going to quit on it after no no, no. I, because I've liked everything that he's done before and even like if you remember Futurama like Futurama was like it was a bit of a slow bummer oh, so definitely, yeah. you had to stick with it and then it did pick up I've got the full Futurama box set in the house I've never watched all of it I've only watched episode here and there I know I should watch the full thing at some point. It's a bit like almost The Simpsons and Friends with me. I've probably seen all the episodes and not any cookie in order. So you've no idea what the real story overall is, but you know something happens here. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, so yeah, just also, a chat. Sorry, also just here. It has, by the looks of it, been greenlit for season two. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. Well, it's, it, only the first part's been dropped so far. I think there's another ten to come for season two, for part two of season one. Oh, okay. So there might be another season on top of that. So okay. That'll be good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'll watch it. Yeah. There's nothing... To, it's one thing, you can watch one episode and then go away and you can do something else and then watch another episode like two weeks later. Yeah, yeah. it's episodic enough. There's an overarching story, but it's episodic enough you yeah, can watch it. The overarching story is pretty light mm. to even where like, I was picking up on it because like, I watched the three episodes over like something maybe like two, three days or something like that. So it's not hard to come away and jump back Aye, in. Sounds very good. Um, so yeah, definitely try and watch it if you can watch it. I'd, uh, you know, movie releases. Um, the first one is a Netflix original. Um, a film called Like Father. Yes. Um, directed by Lauren Miller Rogan, who is Seth Rogan's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so debut film director. She's done a few shots with the film from director. She did write the film for a good time call. Have you ever seen that film? No. It's about two girls working on a sex line. Okay. It's pretty, really, it's pretty witty, pretty funny. It's really, I, I quite like it. Yeah, it's, it's really well done. Cool. Um, the plot of this film is a uh, woman's getting married, um, but she's a very career-driven lady. Um, she's like her job very, very important to her. She's walking down the aisle, when the exchange vows, her phone drops out of her bouquet essentially, and the, and the husband-to-be, or the husband at that point says basically like, were you on the phone before you can down the aisle? She's like, yeah, and he's like, I don't want to marry someone whose job's entirely the life, I want to be your husband, not just some guy who's along with you. So they basically, he ditches her the altar, basically. At the same time, her father, who she's not seen for 30 years or something like that. Yeah, he left when she was five. Five, so she's like, so yeah. a good long time. Yeah. Um, it's turned up. He wants to make her feel better, so they go out and get absolutely smashed in New York one night. Um, and basically her and her father go on the honeymoon together, which is like a cruise out to Jamaica and things like that. Yeah. And on the cruise, all things of life and love and such like all come to fruition. Yes. That's the basic idea of the story. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, pretty, that's a pretty good guide yeah. on it. Um, Kristen Bell plays the, the woman, the main protagonist, she's, sort of like, she's the one who's having the, the troubles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey Grammer plays her dad, yep. and also Seth Rogen pops up in it as a possible new love, love interest. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people as well, but I feel they're the three sort of main ones in it. Yeah, that's pretty much the triangle. Yeah. Because right? a lot of the film... It takes place on the cruise. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So. Um, what do you think of it overall? Uh, well, I only watched it the, the, uh, today, so it's still fresh in my mind. And you know, see, for being a Netflix like original, it's probably one of the better ones that they've pumped out there in recent times. I would, I would agree with you in that aspect. It's definitely a Netflix film. Yes. In the sense that it is definitely uh, a straight to DVD for a movie. Absolutely. But it is. Compared to what we've watched recently, I would say I enjoyed it more than say how it ends. How it ends. Well, um, was t- 
Tal one as well, TAU, I watched that one as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that one as well. So there's a few recently, yeah, actually, this one I've enjoyed most of the last movie since probably, what's um, could not Kujo, um, one of the big giant pig, Kojo or something it's called, it's like it's a big giant pig that they do want to kill for food, but it's not actually fairly sweet and lovable. Nah? Uh, oh, not Kubo, Kubo's the thing, I think. Anyway, I'll find out later on, but it's, it's Danny J. Gilmore, really good film. Okay, good. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, this film is definitely a Netflix film, but probably slightly better than the average one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that, what do you think about it? I really liked it. You liked it, yeah? Uh, I liked some of the kind of witty jokes in it, like, yeah. uh, like the, when they finally get off the cruise and go to Jamaica, and then one of the locals is handing joints out to all the group, yeah. and then Seth makes a joke That was it. funny, yeah, I liked that, yeah. I was just like, nice. That's really well done, yeah. When he makes a joke about uh, not smoking weed, and Aye. he's a good example <laughs> for the kids and all that, you're like, out of everyone here, you're probably the biggest pothead. Aye. It was kind of funny, you feel that's his wife right, just to annoy him a little yeah. bit, you're kind of going, how many rights up the you really not like? Yeah. Yep. Um, I really like seeing uh, Kelsey Grammer back on the screen again, I haven't really seen much of what he's if he's done much between like Frasier and like now. He has been really absent. Um, I was actually discussing this with a friend um, recently. Is Kelsey Grammer a good actor? Well, I liked him in this film. Or does he just do the same thing well? Like, is he like a Hugh Grant? Yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but he does something well, but you go, you don't have, you don't have much range. You're not going to do something, you're not going to become like a, a, a you're not going to do like a completely off. You're, no, I think you're, you're you can do well. Yes, and aye, that's what I was going to say. It's like, I think when people are hiring uh, Kelsey, they're hiring them to play like a kind of father figure or a very kind of straight laced yeah. individual. Yeah, no, I mean, but he has a lot about darkness too. Yeah. Um, I thought Kristen, Kristen Belter, I thought she was good in it as well. I thought yeah. she played it well. Can I, a wee bit against Cash, she wasn't quite as cute and lovable as she has no, been. No, she was, she was kind of playing that kind of straight-laced uh, girl that's just plays it, pure career-driven. And, and in many ways, she probably, then I thought she would have, not quite the villain of the piece, but she'd be the one who you go and like, be nicer to your people, be nicer, you know, she'd be the one who you're, like, you're yeah. against. Yeah, like, understand what you've got around you. Uh-huh. you know? um, I would say that Rogan... Wasn't enough. He, he didn't have much in it. No. I, and the other support guy didn't have much in it. It's very much on Bell and Grammar to, 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 to hold the whole film. To be, to be like we said, him being in it might have just been a nod at the fact that it was his missus who had wrote it. Um, well, you, you, you do need a love interest in yeah. it, so it makes sense. Yeah. You know, he's there. Why yeah. not? But I felt like the predominant the story was about rebuilding the relationship between. Kirsten and Kelsey. Oh, definitely. I mean, so, the, the title says it all, so like Father, you yeah. know, it says everything about it. Um, what I would say is, well, it does seem like the probably the most whitest, most middle class of movies you've ever seen. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's, I mean, there is people of colour in the film, but there's not real anything of colour in the movie. Which makes me wonder, are cruises like that? I think they are. Yeah, yeah I get a feeling they are. It's a lot of, I can't imagine a lot of people. Like, of basically urban origin going on a cruise. I feel like it's a very much a white man's game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I felt like it, it didn't annoy me the, the whitest, you know, the whiteness, the whiteness of it. I have seen other films that really irritate me about that, you know, something like Men, Women and Children, which I saw like a year or so ago. That annoyed the fuck out of me. Like, I, I hated that film because that felt like so, so, so middle class. This irritated me a little bit, it didn't, it didn't, like, anno- it didn't like, bug me enough. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed the performances enough that I could get by that. Um, 
I didn't like there was a couple of like odd tonal twists in it like the bit when she finds out something about her dad yes it results in this really insane moment and then it just turns again yes yes and it felt like the turn wasn't earned enough it felt like it, 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 took, it should have taken more than that yep you know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about yep. I'm not going to ruin what moment is but yeah, like, yeah. that felt un- felt strange yeah they should have kind of built that scene up a bit more Cap just really kind of made that scene like almost a pivotal moment but I mean it is a pivotal moment in the film but it, just felt it was like, just a yeah and then it should have been something that had a bit more of a fallout to it it felt like it had no fallout whatsoever to it and that kind of I think the, the general vibe that I got from the film was even through all the kind of heartbreaking moments I don't think they wanted those moments to bog down the film I felt like the overarching feel of the film was like a kind of light hearted they're trying to keep it lighter than the yeah. maybe, maybe lighter than the film deserved maybe they should have made it, maybe should have made it embraced a bit the darkness a little bit more kind of not dissimilar to that film that I watched a couple of weeks ago what was it called um, Briggs Be There yes yes not myself I don't talk about it it's true on it where if they maybe went a bit darker with it it would have been an infinitely better film because that would have really kept it more in the memory yep absolutely you know um, but out of 10 you give it I'm going to give it I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it. You know what? I'm going to give it a seven. Because, you know what? It is a good movie. And it's like the best of the Netflix stuff that we've seen in recent times where I've came away not going, that was a real waste of like 90 minutes or whatever. Yeah. You know? Don't feel, aye. Because it has been, you have watched a few things on Netflix you're going to go, that is not worth it. The film I'm thinking of earlier on was a film called Ocean. Yes. Okay, that's the film I'm thinking of earlier on. It's on Netflix. I think it's I think it's the best of their original films. Okay. By far the best film. Um, like Father, I'd probably give, although it is slightly better than the one we watched recently, which was stuff like, we said, um, How It Ends and Extinction, which I gave about 6 out of 10 to. I'm still putting, that, I'm still putting this down at 6 out of 10. Yeah. But I did enjoy it slightly more. Yes. But not enough to give it a 7. Not enough to give it a 6 and a half. No, no I'm going to give it a 6. <laughs> Solid 6. But 6 means it's enjoyable enough. Yes, if you're sitting at home on a Sunday afternoon and oh, you're looking for something to watch, it's ideal like viewing for that. Absolutely, that's, yeah. what, that's what I was going to say. This is a perfect Sunday movie. Definitely not a cinema release. You go, you would be, you feel a bit ripped off by the cinema, I think. Yeah, I think just because there's there's better films within that kind of genre. genre. Yeah, definitely. Like Sarah Marshall and stuff like that. That yeah. kind of ill. You yeah, know? no, I agree. Feels so, such a like far. So worth a watch, especially. If you've got Netflix already, this film is essentially a free movie. Yeah. So, you know, you're not paying for this film, you're paying for the other film you've got Netflix. This is, as a, me you've got a free film starring Kelsey Grammer, Kristen Bell and Seth Rogen, you go, well, it's a free movie, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a big cast for you. I'm totally going to watch it. So, yeah. And again, it's nice to see that they're used, I mean, I am sure Lauren Rogan's connection to her husband Opens some doors. Oh, absolutely. Which are absolutely fine. No issue with that at all. That opens doors. That's great. You've got to use the doors that are open to try and get something. Yeah. She was a writer in her own in her own rights before that as well, though. But the fact that Netflix once again are taking a stab. Yeah. As someone who's a no real experience in doing directing and giving them a chance to own a skill and show something off, it's great. You don't know what she would do next. She'd do something amazing next. Exactly. So it's nice you got to cut her teeth on this and she learned enough that she knows where she went wrong, where she went right and move into something else. So And as much as like we've said over the last like few weeks as we're diving more into like Netflix and stuff, as much as we do give Netflix a little bit of a bashing, 
we always tip our hats by the fact that they do take punts on scraps or people who don't generally will get picked up by like the big time people who have been like sort of like talked about before who would be like a, a technical advisor on our film maybe an art director or something like that and they go you know what we've worked the movie for the last 10 years you know how our set works have a go at it yeah. we'll keep the budget low enough so there's no real risk and we'll just see how, how things go and you've got to, you've got to commend Netflix for that yes absolutely so I'm, I'm proud of I'm happy for that I'm yeah, really yeah. about it um, so the next film is one that was out in cinema last year. Um, it was a film that was nominated against yeah, your favourite film, Coco, for Best Animated Feature. Um, that film is a film called Loving Vincent. Okay. Okay. Um, directed by Dorita Kobila and Hugh Welshman. It's their debut movie as sort of like animation directors. It's another animated film. The plot of this film essentially it is the someone who's connected very loosely to Vincent van Gogh through their father yes. going back trying to deliver a letter to the last sort of connected to van Gogh sort of like a, a wife or a, a brother or anyone who's connected with him and through that you get to discover the the life of van Gogh and also the, the, his demise and sort of they did a little bit of sort of like um, question about how he died you know did he commit suicide was it something else that happened to him that caused this to happen you know you know you don't look it's still showing a little bit a little bit of myth. even though we all accept he died by suicide there's a little bit enough mystery there that you can maybe go oh it wasn't so there was something else involved in it get the tinfoil hat out yeah yeah so a bit of interest in it. so it stars Douglas Booth um, you know from many random British films um, Jerome Flynn from Robson and Jerome or Game of Thrones if you're of that way inclined um, Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd was in it as well, he does one of the voices. Um, John Sessions, uh, Sasha Ronan, as well, who is a three beers favourite, we all love her. Um, this genuinely might be one of the most beautiful pieces of animation I've ever seen in my life. Yes, you were saying last week that it's uh, off mic, that it's all done in the style of Van Gogh. It's all, the backgrounds are all painted, it's not. It's actual genuine oil paint reviews for oh, it. Oh, really? And part of one of the directors saying that I was reading an interview with him saying if you look really close, there's one a couple of scenes where you can see a fly embedded in the paint because when the guy was painting this oil painting, yeah, it's the fly on the paint that's just it's been stuck in it, and they've used that paint and it still happens to be there. Oh, that's awesome. It's amazing. So it looks utterly, utterly stunning, like unbelievable stunning. Um, so all the backgrounds are this are these oil paintings, and then you've got all the actors. Basically done sort of they acted out the roles for real and then they sort of rotoscope painted over them in the style of Van Gogh and they put them into the backgrounds. So it just it looks absolutely amazing. I wonder what like I wonder what the production time Oh this I think it was years. Yeah. I think it was hundred and fifty artists painting the, the backgrounds alone. Well, because like I know like uh, Pixar and stuff, they can catch up out a movie like the first Stunt of it, like in about two years. Yeah. So it's like that sounds like it's been a lot more like intense. Oh, this utter labour of love. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You can tell this is there's so much love and devotion in this that you can see every inch of it, every bit of blood on screen with it. Nice. Um, the story is simple. It's pretty simple. It's a guy trying to find out information, so it's quite it falls quite it falls quite a linear story with a few flashbacks to kind of reveal more stuff. Um, it doesn't shy away from like, like, we, like I said. We all know. Well, we all accept the Van Gogh killed, like, you know, we all know he cut his ear off, we all know he killed, we all know he died penniless as an artist, you know, he only became famous after his death. Yeah. But, like I said, it does have, it, it, it casts a doubt, enough doubt, you're going to, you will make, what you can maybe go and learn more about it, you know, find out more about this guy and this history, you know, beyond just 
the footnotes or the, the, the bullet points in his life, yeah. there is more to this man than just, you know, he painted sunflowers, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know there's more to him than that. Um, like I said, animation is stunning. It's a quote you can probably imagine of walking through the, the art gallery of Glasgow or, or, or London uh, and seeing a painting actually genuinely come to life. Nice. So you're seeing painting as a snapshot of a moment, yes, of that moment the painter put in his mind. Then you see that painting then move, you know, people, people in the painting actually walk across the screen. It is stunning to look at. Um, the style of animation, I think, will limit the audience of it. I think people will, it's not traditional. Yes. So it is definitely a niche, like, sort of audience for it. But, like you said, with if people learn about the amount of effort that's been into, like, all the shots, I think people will end up seeing it just for like wanting to see oh, like, yeah. this level of detail. You know, oh, like I said, it's, it's amazing. It genuinely, it's genuinely amazing. Um, it lost to Coco. You'd be happy to know. Good. But genuinely, <laughs> as, an, as an actual achievement in animation, I think they should have won the Oscar. Yes. Coco is brilliant. Yeah. I'm not, not denying Coco's brilliance. But there's nothing in Coco that you've you've seen it not seen it before, but you've seen the way they've done it before. Absolutely, absolutely. Like Coco for me was like Pixar's return to being top flight Pixar. Yeah. But what you're saying about this film, because I'm seeing it yet, is it sounds like this one should have won purely because it's like a one-off. Yes. Like don't people will not try and attempt this no, again. No, there's no reason to attempt this again. Yes. Absolutely no reason to, and that's that makes it even more special. Yes. Absolutely. I 100 percent agree. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. Wow, loved it. Really enjoyed it. It's like I said. It's you said that. Sorry, buddy. You you said this came out last year. Yes. Was this in your Was this in your top flight films for last year? I didn't see it last year. Oh, I didn't see it. Okay. So then I couldn't judge it. But I think if I had seen it, it would have been really up there as it's a beautiful piece of work. Cool. And again, a lot of that comes from reading about it and knowing what's put into it. Yes. But still, absolutely love what it did. Um, it's on Netflix just now. Yes. So if you get a chance to watch it, you can. It's the worst ways to waste your time, honestly. Absolutely cracking film. Kill, kill. Okay. So, on to the third film, and the only cinema release we've seen this week. Have you seen any other cinema films? No, no, this no one? just this one. That's uh, well, we discussed last week, it's a pretty light week last week. It's a light week. Well, before we mention this, we will say the Equalizer 2 is out. Yes. Um, I saw it. I liked it a lot. Yes. It's a lot of fun. Denzel's kicking ass. That's all you need. All you need. Not quite on a par with the first one. But still, shit tons of fun. What did you rate it? I think I rated it. I gave it, I'm looking back on my notes, sir. I gave it a very solid 7 out of 10. Nice. So, good thriller, fun to watch. If you have a chance to watch it, by all means, go and see it. But um, I thought you were going to go see it again. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, like an early preview. Usually it's like a week or so, yeah. but this was like a good couple of weeks. Just two weeks before, yeah, so a while before. But yeah, if you, want, if you want to listen to more what we thought about it, then you go back to episode, I think, 59, I believe. Yeah, 59. Cool. Listen to it. But other than that, enjoyable. Go, go. So, last film that they wrote this week is Christopher Robin, oh. directed by Mark Foster. Yes. Okay. Have you ever looked at his um, filmography? No. He is. He, Should it's interesting. Okay. He's done Monsters Ball. Okay. Quantum of Solace. Right. World War Z. Okay. Okay. Uh, Machine Gun Preacher. 
Yes. Uh, Fine Neverland. I'm noticing a pattern. No, here it's not. Of, it's, of, it's, of, there is no pattern. There's yeah. just this, 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 this. He's a very eclectic director, so he's, he's got a, a really interesting choice of movies. So he's not really, definitely not pigeonholed to one style of film. Nice. Yeah. Um, so the plot of this film essentially is that Christopher Robin has grown up. He's moved away from the Hundred Acre Wood and away from his family. Away from family, he's grown up. He's went to war. He's came back a kind of jaded, possible PTSD. Yes. He's working in a new job. He's working in a job where it's very much business orientated. Loves his job. Wants to work his job as much as possible. And in his job, they found that people are going to get sacked or people need to find a way to cut money in the job. Yes. And he's the one who's left in charge of trying to decide how to save money and basically fire people. Yes. At that time, people, the the characters of his childhood, Winnie the Pooh, or Piglet, Tigger, Owl, Rabbit, come back into his life to sort of remind him of being a kid and being fun and remembering who he was and not to focus on so much. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Good night, um, folks. Hugh McGregor plays Christopher Robin. Yes. Hayley Atwell plays his wife. Yep. You've got Mark Gattis plays the boss in the yep. work. Yep. Uh, Peter Capaldi is one of the kind of voices. He plays Rabbit. Okay. Uh, Jim Cummings plays Wayne the Two and Tigger. He's done it for years apparently on the cartoons. Um, before we get to the interesting with this film is basically saying the Winnie Pooh story, the basic scene the Winnie the Pooh stories in this film were never written. Wayne the Pooh is a real thing. That's the way the film tells it. Like everyone can hear Wayne the Pooh, it's not just him. Ah, uh, okay, okay. No, like, his wife can see it, the kid can see it. Yep. So there's no Wayne the Pooh stories. He was friends with the poor as a kid. He forgot about him. Why he forget that talking bear? I do not know. But it's a, it's a real thing. So that's it. That's it's basically it's it's almost it's the next Wayne the Pooh story. Yeah, it's part of the what's the word the chronology of Wayne the Pooh. This is in the Wayne the Pooh universe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of it? I liked it. I did get freaked out a little bit in the early beginnings of the movie when you first see like Winnie the Pooh you know, and his merry men. That kind of freaked me out a wee bit just because I don't really know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting like live action esque. Yeah. You think more animated or more looking more animated? Like yes, but this is very much what you'd imagine a. Uh, a, a teddy bear a teddy bear come to life yeah <laughs> yes yeah so that gal was like oh okay okay but once that settled down and I get over that horror uh, I really enjoyed it it's pretty light viewing doesn't really yeah it was pulling at the heartstrings a wee bit I was I wasn't felt I didn't feel too connected maybe if like I had kids or something and I'd spent a long time like working and providing for them maybe I would feel a bit more of an emotional connection but for me I was sitting there and I'm like this is quite a sweet story it's pretty safe it's not I think that's maybe the one issue I had with the film was there's always a darkness there because of the fact that the the, 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 the Christopher Robin idea going to war and coming back they never really embraced that darkness enough and they maybe they didn't want to for whatever reason you know the fact being good to mass audience yeah, but it felt very light very fluffy and just very safe and I wish they'd maybe done more with it, to be honest. Yeah, thinking back, there was only like two scenes from the East War, and then that was it, which, you know, it's a kid's film, so... They can't, not, show, they can't show much of that, but they can show the, the effect it's having on them. I feel like yeah, they didn't really attack that enough. No, because I think like a lot of people from that generation, they came back from war, and then they were just very silent, didn't want yeah. to speak about it. And, you know, when you hear stories or whatever, 
you look back at it and then you do discover that it's like that's like early early PTSD oh yeah basically PTSD that's all like, that is, yeah. before it was called that oh yeah and like looking back you do realise that all these people did have it and, yeah. and that was that I think that's the analogy I would put it it focused too much on Christopher Robin yes he didn't like the daughter should have been the main focal point of that film. Yes. All the even the family the family unit should have been more of a focal point. It was yeah. very much on him. Yes. It didn't really show much of the family like breakdown between him and his wife. It, it felt more like it, it was just like a, a passing like undertone. Yeah. It, it didn't show like this has been going on for years. Yeah. He's, he's been coming he's becoming more and more entrenched in his work yeah. rather than paying attention to what's going on. Literally half a scene you yes. see of that of him like shutting the doors on somebody. That's yeah. how we get. Which that is a fucking dick move. Ah, like, yeah. <laughs> you're just like they two are dancing. No man in history would ever do that unless he was a complete and utter arsehole. Yeah. Like, everyone would be like, all right, all right, check it, check it two minute dance, right? And then I'm getting back to it. Right, let's do this. Yeah. But yeah, that, I was just a bit like, oh, that's cold. That's cold. It was a cold woman, but. <laughs> it's cold. It wasn't enough of that. No. It should, you kind of need more of that. Yes. That's kind of the real feeling the film was, which. But I felt a lot of that kind of tone, which is fine for adults. But I think a lot of that kind of stuff would have been lost on children and it would have bogged down like we had kids running up and down the aisles right. and they were screaming. It's not a kid's film though. No. No. I don't feel it is. It's not really it's not a fun film. Which give it a fucking 18 rating then. Aye, that's something you keep the kids out. It could have went for a 12 rating because it's, it, yeah. it's a PG rating there's nothing in it particularly like, you, know, you need to see a kid not to see. No. But it's not a fun film for a kid to watch. No, it's 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 Every every major point in the movie is drawn out to the point where like I'm I'm not losing interest, but I'm sitting there like, like well, let's like, where's the pace here? Let's get this thing moving. I mean, we'll compare it to the obvious film, the three beers favourite. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> where's Colin when you need him? Compared to Paddington, yes, it's not the same level. No, no, Paddington is definitely. A full family, light-hearted, quick pacing, keeping everyone glued. But movie. at the same time, Paddington's got a real emotion to it. Yes. That again, this is my Paddington's emotion felt earned. Yes. This felt like it knew what it was trying. It felt like someone doing it by numbers. Yes. Like we know how to pull your strings. We'll pull as best we can, and we'll pull. We know this will make you cry. And it's like going, yeah, but I know you're. I know you're going for that. I know that's what you're trying to do. Whereas Paddington one and two, they weren't. They were go- they were really didn't feel like going for that in the same way. Yep. But they fucking got everything one of us. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that thing that made it different to me. This 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 felt sort of emotion by committee as opposed to like genuine emotion. It could have been uh, well, it all depends who owns like the brand, Winnie the Who, how much I think it's Disney, is it not Disney? Sure. I think it could be Disney actually. Oh, no idea. I think sure the Disney logo in front of it. Okay. Maybe wrong, but anyway, sorry, continue. If it's not Disney, all depends how much control and how much they want to exploit the character, you know? Uh-huh. Maybe they have like a tighter rein on more historical characters like Winnie the Pooh. Possibly, yeah. Where they don't want to mess around too much with like stuff that's came before. Maybe take, they don't want to take it off in a, like, a crazy like tangent, they want to try and always get 
keep it boxed. So oh, yeah. You know, some laugh. But I'm being negative on this film, I really should, because there's thing that I'd like about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is sweet, it is nice, it is there's moments of real there's moments of emotion in it there's moments of nice moments in it but definitely yeah. there's no denying that um, I thought it reminded me that McGregor is a good actor yes because this is like this is like something different to what he's kind of done in recent times he's, so yeah yeah. compared him to he's maybe like a bit like his Big Fish performance he was in Big Fish yeah 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 it's kind of on that level you know it's like a different idea and going like, McGregor for much he's been he plays the same role a lot of the time and maybe is not really thought of much as an actor's actor. Yes, but he is genuinely a good actor, and yeah. it shows that he can he can he can do that. Um, I thought all the voice performances were really good. Yes, absolutely. But I would say because we listen to Hollywood Babylon, Kevin Smith does a Winnie the Pooh impression. Yes, yes, yes. So for the whole film, I kept imagining it was Kevin Smith and Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> and that totally threw me for. A, and that's not the film; that's my fault. Yeah. For the, the first half, I'm going. It sounds like fucking Kevin Smith doing Winnie the Pooh. And I know it's not, but it just felt like that. <laughs> and it made me feel really like, well, that's weird. Like that, that's that's how mine goes with this. Of Kevin Smith to fucking way in the first. So you all sitting here thinking about that. I'm sitting there getting slowly terrified because there's live action tape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we saw it from completely different ways. Yeah. Um, I did like I, I did like the scene when um, Tigger was looking in the car window and he's seen his reflection. reflection. Yeah, that was a funny moment. Moments like that, yes. the most enjoyed. And I think the guy who wrote one of the guys who wrote Harrington, uh, Farnaby. Okay. He plays the who is it? He's, he's a the taxi driver. Ah, okay. Right. He's he wrote Harrington one and two, and he turned up behind one and two as well. That apparently that strip, he got a pass and stripped him to, to punch it up. That scene felt like that's what's going to be under under their guys. Yes. You know that moment, and I felt like if they maybe went more for that tone of the film. Yeah, kind of light-hearted, but. Ah, light hearted bit is that the punches are still there and it's yeah. funny oh, yeah. that would have made me like the film more yeah yeah. Um, but yeah what out of 10 are we going to give it I'm going to give it a 7 because even if this comes out for Christmas I doubt I would watch it I think it would at least be at least another year before I'd want to see it whereas Paddington you can pretty much slap it on any time any time you can find it I might watch it right now you know, <laughs> but no I think I would need some time away from like this film before I'd come back to it which is unusual for me usually if I see a film I want to watch it like, at least another once within the next like, month or two I really have no interest in seeing this film again yeah Um I maybe would only have to watch, only I'd watch it from again is maybe if my niece was over. Yes. I'd be totally fine with them watching it, but I just cannot see me watching the film again. Whereas, like I said, Paddington, I will watch that film for more. Yeah, well, you were watching it in July. Paddington, so. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen to me. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I would not watch that film again. Um, I'd give it six and a half out of ten. Cool. cool. Which is, again, solid. Yeah. The animation is fantastic. It looks all exists in that world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you believe the bear was talking, you know. Yes. <laughs> Um, so it looks great McGregor's good Hayley Atwell she doesn't get much to do she's decent enough in it yeah. um, the daughter again is good but she doesn't get, she's not in it enough to really no. judge her which is a shame again that's a shame that's a big miss it's not a family unit it's all about Christopher Robin I feel yeah. like a real shame they can make it more of a Winnie the Pooh story than he if the, the Hundred Eight Wood gang got involved with the Robin family yes. that would have told me a better story but then 
maybe that film would be too close to Paddington. Yeah. So maybe they've, maybe they've tried deliberately to try and get away from Paddington as much as possible, and, and they've kind of went too far away from it that it's became it's not as interesting at all. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realise it was a thing where Paddington is some fucking Paddington. Don't you dare, sir. <laughs> Getting mixed up with my bears. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realise that. Uh, who could come into like the world anywhere? I I always thought it was at the cottage where like uh, that, that's what I thought as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Which, that was a bit jarring to me. Yeah. I thought it would have been, I thought it would have worked better if like when Casper got to that cottage that his wife and kid were at, then he discovered the animals. Yes, that's the way I looked at it as well. But yeah, that's that's his childhood cottage. Isn't uh-huh. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that agreed. There's some weird narrative to go. That doesn't really make sense in the yeah. sense of the world. Um, but yeah, six and a half out of ten. You give it a seven. So we're saying it is worth watching, but one not and done. One, one and done. done. Not Paddington one or two level of yeah. brilliance. Like, even if the most stubborn child wanted this on us several times, I think parents would only sit and watch it once and then they'd go and do something else and just leave the child there. Or even push it towards Paddington. Yes. Just. <laughs> Does parent in there? Um, but yeah, that's that's it for this week in terms of movies. Short sweet, dude. Yeah, short sweet. What's out next week? There's a lot out next week. I forgot to. We're getting back to sort of like, come on, Hollywood, space it out a bit. Come on. Exactly. Put a few more out. Um, but next week we've got a kind of bigger week coming out next week. Um, so I have to text you all these films you have to go and see this week. Cool. Um, so we've got a film called Alpha. Okay. Which is about sort of man's relationship with dogs, like sort of becoming like, the first sort of domestication of animals. It sort of it does looks. It looks kind of 10,000 BC-ish, okay. but it could be quite an interesting sort of artsy movie, so that's out. It's quite a decent release, so that's out as well. Okay. That's yeah. out. You've got The Spy Who Dumped Me. Yes. Which right. looks... It has, been, it has been getting good ratings in the, the, the American market, yep. so... I'm intrigued. I like Kate McKinnon. I like my, uh, Mila Kunis. Um, I can't know who directed this film, but... I think I remember like who directed it as well. Yeah. So I'm intrigued. And the trailer made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually I'm wanting to see it. Hopefully it's in that if it's in the kind of spy level, so the one with Melissa McCarthy. If it's in that kind of zone, I'll be thinking quite like it. So that's out this week. Nope. You've got Black Clansman. Yes. The Spike Lee movie, which I think looks phenomenal and I honestly cannot wait for it. Um, so that's definitely out this week so it's a good, good release as well so that looks amazing so I'm looking forward to that one um, uh, better half ones to see that so, yeah, yeah. so you're, you're going to have to watch that one this week yeah. and you've got Slenderman uh, which is a film about an internet meme seems so bizarre but I guess but the problem is like this film is, is or at least the idea of making a film about it for me feels like it's been it's been going round the block so much that we're ten years too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Like I remember, that, I remember them talking about making a film years ago. Yeah, and then it kind of disappeared, and then it's also came back to light. But I'm like, eh, now we all, we all know Slender Man is fake, so the film becomes boring. The point when they made it when Slender Man was almost seen as a real thing, more interesting. Yes, totally agreed. And we've also got a film called The Children Act, okay. which looks a very emotional, heartstring thriller. You know. Does a child die or does a child not die? Because you've got to decide. It's got, I believe, I want to say Emma Thompson. Okay. Might be wrong with that, I think it's Emma Thompson. Um, playing a judge who's got to decide on a kid's life. So. Death. Death. <laughs> <laughs> For so, everyone listening, I just done the doubt. Down, down, down. So that was an interesting film. Again, I, I think if we're looking at. Spy Who Dumped Me and Black Klansman might be out for a couple of weeks. Yes. I can see Alpha, Cinema Man and Children Act getting pulled after one. Yeah. Yeah, so they're the ones that really we're going to get to see this week. 
Um, but you want to tell people where to find us? Yes. Is that the people of Holland? Yes. Sh- shout out to everyone in Holland. Holland. Yeah. Hello there. Very, very happy people, yeah. well, people in Holland who are listening to us. Yes. Don't know why you're listening to us, but we are gleefully happy you are. Well, as always, you can find us all over the social medias at Three Beers in a Movie. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes. And if you would like to contact Colin specifically about any subject matter, it's uh, three beers in a movie at gmail.com. Certainly, if you're coming from Amsterdam, because Colin's a man who has dabbled in that sort of life before. Oh, but for this week, Ivan Richard. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about Colin <laughs> in the windows of Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been back, and we've been three beers in a movie.